Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Be lifted, be magnified. Thank you, Father, for what you are doing in this place. Thank you, Lord, for the grace that is above. Thank you for the healings. Thank you for the deliverances. Thank you for the restoration. Thank you that, Father, you are changing the direction of our lives. Thank you, Father. Take all the glory. Take all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may take your seats. I want to thank God for this time and the seasons that we are in. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a lot in the spirit and what God is doing. Now, in the kingdom, God is more concerned about us remaining in the kingdom. Not just a matter of entering the kingdom, but your life, your name written in the kingdom. I want to share with you the experience I had two days ago where I was shown the book of life. The book of life is not with any other individual except the Lord Jesus. So if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you can't be in that book of life. So today, therefore, when I sat down to pray and prepare for this service, the Lord emphasized that I should teach you one of the things that you've overlooked and it is important. Do you know that we are already in the kingdom? How many know that we are already in the kingdom? By show of hands, lift up your hands. By show of hands. So let's go to the book of John chapter number three. We see Jesus explaining this theory of the kingdom and mostly as children of God, I see many Christians, you think you enter the kingdom maybe when you die or when something happens, that's when you enter the kingdom. But the fact is you are already in the kingdom. Tell your neighbor, whether you like it or not, you are already in the kingdom. And there are two kingdoms. Mm. There's the kingdom of God, which is pronounced by Jesus, and there's the kingdom of the devil, which is never pronounced. The kingdom of the devil, to be in the kingdom of the devil, it's easy. You don't need anything. Just continue living the way you are living. Continue sinning, continue doing anything. You are already in the kingdom. That's why the devil will not fight you. The reason why the devil will fight someone is someone who determines now to stay in the other kingdom. That's why they will fight you. Let me explain something. Understand that when we are on earth, God established his kingdom through Adam and Eve. But through their voluntary sin, they violated the kingdom and entered into, introduced another kingdom. Therefore, man lost his purpose, his reign through the devil. In 2 Corinthians, let's go there because we need to establish this before I teach this. It's important. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 4 and verse 4, 
the Bible tells us something about this thing of the kingdom and here's what Apostle Paul says about this issue in 2nd Corinthians chapter number 4 and verse number 4 2nd Corinthians chapter number 4 and verse number 4 the Bible says okay I'll start from verse number Three. Verse number three says, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Apostle Paul now begins to speak the distinction that the one who rules in the world today is the devil. Ideally, man was supposed to rule. But ideally, when sin entered, there was an exchange. So already, it tells us that there is someone who is ruling. Who is the ruler of the kingdom? That is the devil. Now, let's go to the book of John, chapter number 3. This is Jesus speaking to Nicodemus. All of us are familiar with this story, and some of us are even tired of this story, but there are many teachings on this one. This one says, in John chapter number 3, verse number 1, it says, Therefore, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from who came from God. For no one can do these signs that you, that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most surely I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most surely I say to you, unless one is born of, of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is the flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is the spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you that you must be born again. Do not marvel that I say that you must be born again. So Jesus is emphasizing his preaching and telling us the idea that as long as we are here, there's another kingdom. And whether we like it or not, there are two kingdoms. Whether you like it or not, it's either you belong to God or you do not belong to God. Now, today my title is Living in the Kingdom. Very, very important. Today my title is about what? Living in the Kingdom. Now, ask your neighbor, are you living in the Kingdom? What is the answer? What is the answer? 
Ask them, are you living in the kingdom? Obviously, they are living in the kingdom. Eh? But ask them again, which kingdom? Is it the one for God or the one for the devil? Uh-huh. So now, let me tell you now explicitly. If we are not living for God, we are not living in the kingdom of God. I know many of you will not like it, but I'll say it. If we are not living for God, we are not living in the kingdom of God. To live in the kingdom means that we are living for God. Let me show you what it means to live in the kingdom of God using the explanation according to the New Testament. So in the New Greek Testament, the term used for kingdom is basileia. Basileia. Basileia refers to the reign, rule, or dominion of a king. Basileia means to reign, to rule, or dominion of a king. Who is that king? Obviously, it's Jesus, if you are a Christian. So it says, it represents the authority and sovereignty of God as king of our all creation. The concept of the kingdom of God is the central teaching of Jesus in the New Testament. When Jesus came, he came to declare the kingdom of God. He came to proclaim the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what is that good news? That God was reconciling men to himself. When a man believes in Jesus Christ, they enter the kingdom of God. Entrance to the kingdom is by faith. And you live your life based on the new faith that you founded. In the world, there are two kingdoms. The kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of light is where people hide whatever they do in secret. If we are living in the light, our life will show. Amen? This is why even the church today is confused. It's about who has numbers. Who has most prophecies. Our goal should be how many people are entering the kingdom. Our goal should be kingdom-minded, not congregation increase. It should be depopulating hell while populating heaven. That should be the goal. Not who prophesies the best, who sees more visions. Because at the end of the day, when Jesus comes, he will not measure you by how many prophecies you did. Jesus will measure you by how many souls you saved. Is it making sense? Not, I had the biggest church. Before Jesus was rubbish. If you are taking people to hell, that is rubbish. But if we are making people become, we make people stay and live in the kingdom, then we are doing our job. I hope you are hearing me. Why am I teaching you this? It's because Jesus is concerned about the souls. There, right now as we are speaking, we are representing a kingdom. There's a kingdom of truth and the kingdom of darkness. 
in the kingdom of darkness, there is deception. One of the key deceptions that the devil uses is that even when you are sinning, the devil will not tell you that you are going to hell. He will not. He will not. But wait until you start living for the truth. That's when you see the devil's opposition. There is no opposition if you are living to the standard of the devil. Opposition only comes when you are living to the standard of Satan. In the kingdom of God, opposition, opposition will come. You also oppose God by your own standard of living. So don't oppose God. While you are saying, I'm living for God, yet you know that your works, your character, your conduct does not sustain how the kingdom of God works. Jesus is telling Nicodemus, you can't do these things unless you are part of the kingdom. We can't do these things unless we are part of the kingdom. Here's an interesting scripture. If we look at, let's look at Colossians chapter number one. Most Christians don't know that the minute you were saved, right at that moment, your life was retranslated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. In Colossians chapter number one, let's go there. Colossians chapter number one. We are reading from verse number 12 to verse 14. Colossians chapter number 12. Colossians chapter number 12. In Colossians chapter number one and verse 12, the Bible says, Colossians chapter number one and verse 12, the Bible says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his Son, of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of of sin we have been delivered from this kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light we we are already in the kingdom of God the kingdom of God is not something you observe hear me write that point because most of us don't know the kingdom of God is not something you will observe the kingdom of God is something that you live in now. Whoever you are in the spirit now is a reflection of the spirit man in you. So if you die today, nothing supernatural will change about you except that your body will live, your, your body will remain here and your spirit will be joined to the Father. Now, which father are you going to join? That is the problem. If we are living for God, our spirit will go and rest with the father. But if we are not living for God, our spirit goes into perpetual torment. What I'm teaching you is what we call eschatology, the end of times. In the end of times, people just think on the last day, that's when we'll enter the kingdom. No. The Bible is saying we have been delivered 
from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Now it has happened. If you look at Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse number 8, let's go there. Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse 8, the Bible emphasizes that you and I are seated in the heavenly places with Christ. You are already seated. You will not be seated. So one of the deceptions that Satan tells believers is that you still have time. Child of God, I want to tell you, you don't have time. Your time is not my, my time is not God's time. Our time is not God's time. When we wake up every day, it is the mercy speaking for us. When we wake up, it's not that we are more clever. We are more intelligent. We know more. But it is the mercy. The Bible says that we are not consumed. Lamentations 3.23, what does it say? His mercies are new every morning. So when we wake up, it is a time for us to say, am I living for the kingdom? It's a time of reflection. Are we part of the kingdom? The Bible will not tell you. Jesus on his way, he kept on teaching about the kingdom. All the time, Jesus was talking about the kingdom. Talking about the kingdom. This message, we don't preach it anymore. We don't tell people why it is important to stay in the kingdom. Child of God, there's a way we stay in the kingdom. The Bible says in Titus chapter number 2. Let's go to Titus chapter number 2. Titus chapter number 2, the Apostle Paul is speaking about this reality that we live in. And in Titus chapter number 2 and verse 11, the Bible says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that... Let me read that again. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness, worldly passions, worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Verse 13. Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who himself gave himself for us that he might redeem for us every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people zealous for the good works. Jesus delivered you for greater works. And Jesus expects you to live in that purity because you're already in the kingdom. So this notion that we'll enter the kingdom of God when we die is a false teaching. The correct teaching should be that the minute you become a child of God, you are part of the kingdom. You are part of the kingdom. The minute you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you become part of the kingdom. And there's a standard of living in the kingdom. Satan uses deception by allowing men to conform to the pattern of the world. 
If we conform to the pattern of the world, on the last day, Jesus will say, I don't know you. Don't think the people that Jesus will say on the last day, I didn't know you, were not people that received Jesus. It is people that received Jesus that Jesus himself on the last day will say, you are not part of the kingdom. In Matthew 7, verse 21, you see that story where many will say, Lord, didn't I prophesy? Didn't I do this? Didn't I do what? And then Jesus will say, as long as you did not live according to the pattern of the kingdom, you are not part of the kingdom. Children of God, we do not have time. Let me tell you, we don't have time. The next thing to happen is rapture. Are you rapture ready? Are you rapture ready? Because there is a coming judgment. There is a coming judgment. Are you ready? Jesus did not save you so that you can drive a car. No. Your life is more than a car. Jesus did not save you so that you can have a breakthrough. You are more than a breakthrough. Jesus did not die so that you can have money. Jesus died because your soul is more precious than anything. Child of God, if we lose our soul, we will gain it for the other kingdom. Always know that there are two kingdoms in this world. In 1 John chapter number 3, verse number 8, let's go there. Because if I teach and I'm not backing this with scripture, men will say, ah, he was just quoting these things. But let me speak it. In 1 John chapter number 3, verse number 7, the Bible says, Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous. Are you hearing me? The Bible is saying, he who does what? Practices what? What is righteousness? Being right in the standing with your God. Are you in the right standing with your God? That is righteousness. Righteousness is being right before God. Not before men. Before men we can pretend. I can pretend to you that I have a relationship with Jesus. Yet my standing is shaking with God. But being right, being right is me having a great relationship with my God. That is righteousness. Remember, man can judge, but God is the final judge. Are, we, are you hearing me? I'm saying man can what? We can judge by our standard that a man comes to church, we think they are a Christian. That a man gives tithe, we think they are a Christian. That a man sings in the choir, we think they are a Christian. That a man is standing on the pulpit, we think they are a Christian. But by God's standard, only God knows who's worshipping him. The Bible is telling us there. Let's go verse 7. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. Verse 8. He who sins is of the devil. He who sins is of the what? Let's say it loud. He who sins is of the what? The kingdom way of living in the kingdom of Satan is sinning. Perpetual sin 
is the way you conform to the kingdom of the devil. This scripture is telling us here that, let's go back. He who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this, for this purpose, the, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him and cannot sin because he has been born of God. Verse number 10. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteous, righteousness is not of God. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. That is how we know that there are two kingdoms. The Bible is simply telling us here how life is. If we are not living for God, this is what we should expect. There are two kingdoms. Do not be deceived, child of God. There are two kingdoms. Those who want to please their God and those who want to please themselves. Those who want to please themselves, they are pleasing the devil. Are you in the kingdom? That is the question. Are you living for the coming kingdom? Because we don't have time. Don't be deceived. Entering the kingdom starts from children. God wants us to be innocent as the children. As the children. God wants our innocency to be as that of the children. So you can't say, I still have time. Tomorrow is a mystery. No one guarantees your tomorrow. No one guarantees my tomorrow. But if we have Jesus, our tomorrow is guaranteed. If we have Jesus, our tomorrow is guaranteed. Hebrews chapter number 12. Let's go to Hebrews chapter number 12. Let's see what the writers of Hebrews have to say about this kingdom. In Hebrews chapter number 12, the writers in Hebrews are speaking about what we have received. Hebrews chapter 12, if you are there, verse number, verse number 28 and 29. Hebrews 12, verse 28 and 29, if you are there. In Hebrews 12, okay, let me do this quickly. Hebrews chapter number 12, verse 28 and 29. So, Hebrews 12, verse 28, the Bible says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and our, for our God is a consuming fire. Have you seen that text? Let us worship God with what? Reverence. What is reverence? Uttermost respect. Do we have respect for God? Because that is a requirement of the kingdom. Do we fear God genuinely? 
Are we coming to God because of what God can give us? What draws us to God? Is it that we, we know that this can only come from God? Because I've seen Christians who fear witches, sir. They fear witches. That's why they've come to church. Not that they love God. We are living in desperate times. Some of you, because so you find yourself in church. That should not be the reason why you are in the kingdom. The kingdom wants people that are kingdom-minded. When you are kingdom-minded, the first person you regard is God. Am I speaking to you? The first person you regard is who? God. Let it be right before my God than man. If you are right before God, you are right. Am I speaking to you? If you are right before God, you are right. But most of us, I would rather be right before men and wrong before God. That's not the kingdom. The kingdom mentality, God wants men that respect him, that fear him, that honor him. That's how you live in this kingdom. Let me tell you, when I look at the world today, I, I, I'm getting, you know, I'm, I'm getting sad by the day. How we disregard even the things of God, even the things that God has given us, how we look at men of God, how we do things. We are just selfish about ourselves. Children of God, I am scared of the coming judgment. Remember, most of you watch Prophet T.B. Joshua. What was his last words? Watch and pray. Watch and pray. That man saw what I have been seeing and I'm fearing. In this church, in this church, in this church, even when deliverances are happening, healings are happening, do you know that there are some of you who think people are acting here? In this church, so sad. Some of people, when they are seated, they are having me, they put me as their discussion there. I hear such conversation. I feel pity for you. You think the Spirit of God is cannot see. You think the Spirit of God does not hear what you say about Owen Banda. And you think you go scot-free. Repent. Repent. I'm warning you. Repent. The coming judgment you might not escape. You might insult Owen Banda. But the spirit in Owen Banda is the spirit of the living God. You may fight me. You may fight me today. It's not over. You may win today. It's not over. Because the one fighting for me is final. You should fear. You should fear. What take upon a man of God? Fear. Why am I saying this? We don't have respect for God. The spirit of God. You know when we prophesy. If I prophesy, I know what is happening in your life. You think someone told me. I don't need someone to tell me. I don't need shushushus. That's not me. Look. Look at the history of this ministry. How God called me. I didn't prophesy two days ago. I didn't start two days ago. I started many years ago. Some people, you tell them a prophecy like this. They will refuse, sir. After they go home, it happens. Then they say, God is speaking. We look at you. I look at you. I fear. I fear. You don't have time. We don't have time. Let's put our lives in order. We leave church here. Fornication is there. 
adulterer is there. All these things are there. And we are saying we are part of the kingdom. How can we influence the world? The Bible says we are the light of the world. How can you be light if you are carrying darkness? Think about this message. Don't even take it note, say no, think about it. What is your own portion? What is my portion? Some people will say, hey, every time he's preaching the same message. I'm preaching the message, the same message because it must sink. You get to heaven. You have to go to heaven. That is the goal. My goal is not numbers. Let me tell you, my goal is not numbers. If God will add the numbers, it's up to him. My goal is to preach the word of God. That's why I'll stand on the truth. I'll defend the truth. I'll speak the truth. If you don't love the truth, you can go to those that compromise. Kingdom-minded. Let's not be living a double standard life. As long as you are compromising, you are not living for God. Hear me, child of God. How long are we going to be found here and there? Jesus himself said, because you are neither hot nor cold, I'll do it. You've read the Bible. What does it say? Ask yourself, am I a hot Christian? Am I a cold Christian? Am I a lukewarm Christian? Because to be in the kingdom, you must be a hot Christian. Now today, we follow men's speaking skills. We follow what people do. Here it's flamboyancy. The kingdom is not about that. It's not about that. It's not about that. The kingdom is not about money. It's not about how many CEOs. When you die, your qualification will not speak for you. Whatever you have will not speak for you. You will go as the way God called you. When we go, we go and bury people should be time for our reflection. Today we bury this one. Tomorrow it might be me. How is my walk with God? That's, that should be your goal. Not following what, who's having what, who's carrying what, what do they have. That is none of your business. We are not in a competition. We are in our own race. Whether young or old, you are running your race. At the end of the day, the one you are running for you will find him. If it is Jesus or the devil, run well. <laughs> I hope you are hearing me. I said run well. So if you commit to run for the devil, keep running my dear. One day you will fail to run. If you are running for Jesus, run well because on the last day he will say, well done my faithful and humble servant. But if you are running for the devil, if you are running for yourself, you say, me, I'm not running for God. I'm just running for myself. You are, you are not running for yourself. Oh. You are running for the devil. As long as you live to please your flesh, you shall reap from the flesh. If we reap, if we sow to the spirit, we shall reap from the spirit. Don't be deceived. The devil you undermine the devil you think is stupid when you are sinning, he is not even concerned. He knows you are already his. I hope you are hearing me. I hope you are hearing me. So when we start talking about 
living in the kingdom. When we say repentance, it must be genuine. If Jesus came today, today, today in this church, you'll be shocked. You'll be shocked. It's a sober reminder. If Jesus was to come in this service, how many people could make it with Jesus? You'll be shocked. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'll preach. Those with ears, they'll hear me. Those without ears, they'll not hear me. They'll just think, oh, it's just the... No, we are used to him. I know you pray for us. You pray for us. I hit you there, you go and fornicate. What are you doing? That touch is to separate you. That touch is to separate you, to set you apart for God's projects. I hope you're hearing me. There's something that happens every time we come to this service and people don't know it. I didn't want to say it. I wanted someone else to say it. And you know how God, God being merciful, I'll bring testimonies of two people. One is someone you see every day coming to church and they had an encounter where Jesus appeared in their room and was talking about this very church, this very church, not any other church, this very church. Amen? They will say their testimony and what happens every day we come for service because people, we are too familiar with God. You know, when you are too familiar with God, you will leave church and go and do other things because you are familiar with God. Don't be familiar with God. You should fear the one who will send your spirit to hell and after sending it to hell, he will destroy that same spirit again. That's the one we should fear. Not the one who kills this body. If Satan kills this body, it's not over. I want to tell you, if he kills this body, it's not over. But the one who will follow me after he kills this body is the one I should fear. I hope you are hearing me. I hope you are hearing me. Why am I saying this message? When Jesus was showing me these things, I began to mourn. I will labor for the kingdom. Those who listen, they will listen. Those who don't want to listen, this is your life. At the end of the day, you will give account. We will give account whether we are good, whether we are bad, we will give account. But the question is, we must push the kingdom agenda. So, number one, living for the kingdom. What does it mean to live for the kingdom? Surrender to God's rule. Surrender to God's rule. Who's ruling in your life? Is it you, how, what you think? Or is it God? Because there's a way you live for God. The first thing that you do is to surrender to God's rule. You submit your life to God's authority and knowledge as Jesus as Lord. You have to submit. You surrender to God's rule. Submit your life to God's authority and acknowledge Jesus as Lord in your life. What does it entail? In Romans 14, 17, it says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. Some people just think, no, when we come to church, God should just bless me. I should be, I'm a, I'm a Christian. That's all you are thinking about. No, that's, it's not just about what is the kingdom of God about? The kingdom of God is about righteousness. The kingdom of God, when you say, I am a Christian, 
the first thing we should see is the atomy of righteousness. The atom of righteousness must be new. Being right before God all the time, it must be new. Peace. You must be a man of peace. Be a woman of peace. Be a youth of peace. Be a child of peace. That is part of the kingdom. The next thing that it says, joy in the Holy Ghost. There is joy in the Holy Ghost. Not the joy we see today. I feel joy when I take castle. Your joy is short-lived. Your joy is short-lived. Those laggers that you are taking, yes, they are good for you. But at the end of the day, you reap what you sow. There's nothing that we are doing that there's no consequence. Whatever choice you take, there's a consequence. You have to know that. I'm not scaring you. But why I'm teaching this is because of the coming judgment. The coming judgment, if we are not careful, hmm, is scared. The coming judgment is not for people that were just familiar with God. We should fear God. Have respect for God. Even when we come to church, let's respect God. Shouldn't come here. Come to church. All you want is to have a relationship with the women in the church. For what? We're not refusing you from having women in the church. But do it the right way. You can't be a serial womanizer or serial whatever it is called. You can't do that. Respect the house of God. Respect the house of God. You know, some of us have got grace. That's one thing I've put on myself because I know the God we are serving. The God we are serving is not a joke. It's not a God we take jokes to. I hope you are hearing me. So we submit to God. The second scripture is Matthew 7, verse 21. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father. Who is this one? The person who submitted to God. Full submission, not partial submission. Let me tell you, with God, there's nothing like partial submission. With God, there's only full submission. So if you are going to be a Christian, be a Christian. Tell your neighbor, if you want to be a Christian, be a Christian. Yes, don't just do it partial. Be a full-time Christian because the one you are fighting with is not a part-time devil. He's a full-time devil. The second one is seek God's will and righteousness. Seek God's will and righteousness. Whatever we do, children of God, we should seek God's will. What is God's will over my marriage? What is God's will over my business? What is God's will over this thing? Even our relationship, we should seek God's will. You know, for me, some people will say, hey, stop talking to that one. I didn't just stop. God told me, don't talk to that person. Leave that person. Why? I want to hear him. What he says is what I go by. When he leads me, I know I have victory. So, when we talk about this issue, what are we saying? God is telling us here in his word, he says, 
let's continue so we are saying we should seek God's will we need to seek God's will seeking God's will is God's permission God's concern what's God's concern over my life over my business it's very critical you need to know the mind of God. Don't just do things out of the flesh. I want to tell you, children of God, this flesh, it can be deceiving. This flesh you are seeing. This flesh is deceiving. It will remove us from the arena of God and take us to wherever it has to take us. So we must be very careful not to be submitted to a wrong thing. I'll still get my notes. The devil will not stop me. I have them on my phone. It starts performing. I'll still, I still have them here. <laughs> this is the master copy. <laughs> this thing has stopped working. So I'll get my notes here. It's no problem. He can't stop us from preaching this. So, so we are saying, seek God's will and righteousness. Pursue God's purposes and live according to his right, righteous standards. That's what we mean. When we say, seek God's will and righteousness, we are simply saying, pursue God's will and purposes and live according to his righteous standard. Matthew chapter number 33, sorry, Matthew chapter number 6 and verse 33. The Bible says, but seek he first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given as well. The Bible is telling us that the first thing we need to do is to seek his righteousness. Seek his kingdom. Seek his kingdom. Seek his kingdom in the man you want to marry. Am I speaking to you? Seek his kingdom in the business you want to start. Seek his kingdom in your calling. Seek his kingdom. Put the kingdom first. You know what I do? I don't expect my children to be perfect children. But there's one thing that I do. I pray for them. I commit them to God. And I say, God, give me wisdom to raise these children. That they may grow to glorify you, to know you. In my marriage, I don't have a perfect marriage. I don't have a perfect marriage, but I seek God's perfect will for this marriage. Every time we must be kingdom oriented, seeking God's intervention all the time. Most of us are in the tendency when things fail, that's when we run to God. And when we run to God at that moment, Jesus will leave us to our own strength. Remember this, what Jesus did not start, he will never sustain. Write that point. What Jesus never started, he will never sustain. But if it is something that Jesus started, I started this marriage with God, I should trust God that this marriage will thrive because God was in it. If I started this relationship with God, I will trust God that this relationship will not fail because God is involved. Children of God, these are the things that are critical, not the things that we are looking at. Seeking his will. So, in Romans chapter number 12, verse number 2, the Bible tells us, do not conform to the 
pattern of this world. Why? There's a kingdom in this world that is pushing an agenda. Mark my words, in the coming two years, you will see how the spirit of lesbianism and gayism will be prominent in this nation. I saw a situation how it is in South Africa. How many have been to South Africa? And you've seen how those people behave there. One time my wife said, go and buy for me Mac powder. Then I went into this, one of these shops, Edgar's. Then this guy comes to me. He's wearing a bum shirt. Then he comes to serve me. I said, you have Ah, uh-uh. What's your problem? <laughs> me. Why should it be like that? Imagine your son wearing a skirt. I want you to picture this. Imagine your son wearing a skirt. How would you feel? Eh? I want you, that's why you need to pray. Amen? That's why we need to pray. We destroy, we disarm that kingdom. That will not happen here. It should not happen here. If they want, they should do it in their hiding. Not here. I don't want a society where my children have to see a man named If he child cosage, now for an escape. What's wrong with you? There's a way how the world conforms. Let me tell you how the devil works. What is not normal before the devil becomes normal? Look at this. So many things that we entertain. They are not normal. And yet we are saying it's normal. It's not normal. We have to pray. We have to bind that spirit. We cannot conform. The Bible is saying here, let's go, let's go this. I just want you to picture this. Your daughter brings another female girl and says, this is my husband. I don't know how you will feel, but me being a parent, I don't think I can be okay. I don't think I can be okay. I don't even wish that to happen to my children. Not even the people who say they're my enemies. I don't wish that their children should be gay. Because I know what it is. That's not nice. That's not God's way. So the Bible is saying, let's, let's look at it. Let's read, let's read. Because nowadays we see these things and they're happening. Romans chapter number 2. Romans 12 verse 2. It says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good and pleasing and perfect will. Child of God, let's seek the perfect will of God in everything that is there. Let's not just conform because those people are doing this so also as we must do this. No, don't do that. Don't. Because it's okay with them, it's not okay with you. As a family, because it's okay with them, it's not okay with us. No. Don't just do everything that is there in the world. We shouldn't just copy. Life is not about copy and paste. Life is about having integrity, having your personal ethics, having aligning yourself to the word of God. What is God saying in this season? We must be sensitive to the spirit of God. Not what is happening in the world. Today, we are influenced by whatever is trending. Whatever is trending is not God. I want to assure you. Jesus has always been trending. He has always been trending. 
So let's check. We must be submit our will to God. When we submit our will to God, we will agree that whatever is happening for me, even when you are going through situation, as long as you know that you are in the will of God, you will not worry. As long as you are in the will of God, you are not. Don't look at yourself and say, hey, I have been delayed. As long as you are in the will of God, you will still recover. Let's look at the third point. The third point is cultivate a relationship with God. Don't worship God through your pastor. I want to emphasize this. Don't worship God through your pastor. But your pastor should help you to cultivate that relationship. Ours is to point you to Christ. It's like a pastor is like a sign. The destination is Jesus. Hallelujah. The pastor is a what? So don't just end up. Imagine you're going to Kitwe eh? or you're going to Ndola. When you reach, uh, when you reach the billboard there and it's saying uh, Kitwe, 345 kilometers. And then you say, I've reached it. I've reached Kitwe. People will say you are sick, you. We should look at the destination. What is the destination? Jesus Christ. As a pastor, you are only a sign. You are not Jesus. Tell your neighbor, as a pastor, <laughs> you are just a sign. Pointing to where? The direction. Who's the direction? Jesus. That's the destination. So, I will not come into your life and start manipulating you. No. Mine is to point you to Jesus. Mine is to show you that there's, the, there's Jesus. That's our goal. So, each one of us, our focus should be on who? Jesus. So, you should create your personal relationship. Does he know you in devotion? When you enter the room of prayer, does Jesus know your voice? That's what you should be working on. Amen? Because you, you want to be close to me. Yes, you can be close to me. It's fine. I don't have an issue. But here's the problem. If you are close to me and you are not close to Jesus, what will happen on the last day? You will remain. I want to tell you. You will remain. No. Jesus will tell you. Remain. No. Pastor, instead of consulting the one who gave you food. This is what we are living in today. The pastor now is put on a pedestal. The pastor is anointed. What the man of God says, if pastor wakes up today and says, Leluta mualali, tamualali. No, but pastor valenda twilala. Leluni night vigil. I feel sorry. The deception that is there. There's so much deception. And Satan is using such men who are gullible. Pa, pa, pa. Pa, pa, pa. Hey, did Papa die for you? Because even Papa will have to explain before the master. Amen? The Owen Banda. You see, when we are coming here, if this church is for Owen Banda, you have bodyguards, eh? Self-guarding me. But because this church for Jesus... Owen Banda is also attending service. 
I hope you are hearing. Have you been blessed by this message? Share it with a friend. Share it with your family. Thank you so much for joining us. Jesus is Lord. Let there be light. Until next time.